0: Lutes. Vials. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow you won't die alone don't be too needy or bring up your ex don't say the words her peace and plex. don't ever mention you've never had sex trust me I promise she you knows and now Fences are starting to fall, smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NX. T Gold Rush week two. That's right. We are back for the second week of the NXT Gold Rush. And of course, joining me here on the Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yes, sir. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: please welcome to the Booch Cast. The one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Dude, that's just me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Ginger speaking, I'm not that broke. This card was okay. Unfortunately for somebody like somebody who lives in Virginia, at least I'm here, right there, Vinny Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody wondering why I made that statement, go back and listen to Forbidden Door. (laughs) Boy, that was an ass chewing, but <laughs> that's uh, yeah, the first was, I've ever heard that before. Uh
1: yeah, I was um uh, I was all hopped up on Coke and not the good kind. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: it was more like the soda kind, so I was um not in the best of moods, ladies no and gentlemen. Wasn't. <laughs> uh you have to forgive me for being snippy. I'm old, I'm tired, I'm beat up, and I work with fucking children. So, you know, it's it, it happens, it happens. But um, yeah, basically. Basically, uh, Gator and I had a conversation on the phone. Um, We kind of explained everything. We should be okay. He claims he's showing up tomorrow for Dynamite. I'm not holding my breath, but if he does show up, he's going to have some shit to say, I'm sure.
2: Oh, uh, I bet he does. Yeah, he was... uh, You think he'll say say
1: anything about me? I I don't know if he will. Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. I don't know. I did did know that I wanted Gator to show up because I thought it would... uh, Um, motivate Zach a little bit more because here's the thing obviously Zach does a great job and the fact that he's in studio helps out a lot too. But there are times where sometimes I feel like, you know, Zach's doing a good job, and other times he's dropping the ball or phoning it in, and it's happened only a handful of times. And the last time he did it, we had a discussion about it off the air, and Zach's big answer was, hey, at least I showed up. Like, that's become like the go to phrase. So I kind of want Gator to start showing up more so Zach will step his game back up and be the correspondent I know he can be and not have an excuse to phone it in and that's all I'm going to say about that so we'll see what happens he says he'll be here tomorrow for Dynamite we'll see but for now we're going to jump into the NXT Gold rush and we kick things off with our first official match of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship Tiffany Stratton defends the title against Thea Hale with Duke Hudson
2: Uh, good start shitty finish am I right or am I wrong yeah yeah I mean I can say ladies that ladies went back and forth and a little ch- chasey chihuahua she got a lot of moves in. Tiffany Stride got a lot of moves in. But towards the end of the match, the two dipshits, Charlie Dempsey and Gobble Gulak, got involved with the match. Uh, then I was like, then I'm surprised the refs didn't um, throw them out. And then after that, uh, then also Tiffany Shot took took the advantage. Did a roll-up. One, two, three. And then those two dipshits teamed up on um, Duke Hudson. And all of a sudden, we saw a familiar face to an epic return. Did we not? Yes, we Yes,
1: it was uh, Andre Chase uh, made his return. Um, And I'm going to say this. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. On the one hand, I am very happy that Andre Chase is back. I think he is a great worker. He is an incredible promo. And Chase U is not the same without him. No disrespect to Duke Hudson, but without Andre Chase, there is no Chase U. Not just because his name is in the college, but also because he is the embodiment Of this faction It just doesn't work without him However There was a lot of shit That happened in this ring That for me Is not believable And that's a thing I always stress Whenever I see wrestling, and it's why AEW makes me so angry, because I just talked to Elvis earlier today, and he was concerned about the fact that I had a lot of um, a lot of rage when I talked about Forbidden Door, a lot. And if you thought I was bad now, you can only imagine how bad it would have been if I didn't have an elite role. Because if I had to talk about those two matches, oh my god, I could have spent a whole hour just shitting on both of them. No, it'll be longer than that. Maybe about two to three. Well, I meant total of the show. Sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah, I said I could. I had an hour devoted to talk about the whole show, but I would have had an extra hour just bitching about those two matches. That would be longer. What's the point than that I make it? That's why I'm. I wouldn't to. make it that long, Zach. I love my fans too much. Um, Are you sure about that? I'm positive. Sometimes I wonder. You have to question whether or not I love the Booch Cast Nation. How dare you, sir?
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Of course I love the Booch Nation. Why do you think I keep bringing you back?
2: Ah, because I'm the one actually brings in the ratings.
1: Technically yes. I mean, Gator's still trying to do the whole "I bring the ratings." You don't even show up. How do you bring the ratings? <laughs> that's you're not making a case here bro you need to reclaim
2: that title and and side note it's and then we'll discuss this on another time i want gator on this gator's always talking shit about people stealing fucking gimmicks we're, yeah. No, we're not, we'll talk this about this another day. Go ahead.
1: And on that awkward note, I guess we'll get back to the match. But what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, Andre Chase runs out. He hits a big boot on Charlie Dempsey. And, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here. I'm just trying to be honest. I look at Charlie Dempsey. I look at Andre Chase. Andre Chase should not be doing a big boot.
2: That was too small
1: yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Like the big foot, the big boot, was reserved for the big men. That's why it's called the big foot. like when like when Hogan would throw somebody into the ropes to hit the big foot before he dropped the leg. Mm-hmm. Or when Kevin Nash would do the boot a lot. You know, you saw the big Undertaker would sometimes do one. Maybe Kane would throw one in every now and then. But that's because those big boots were reserved for the big men. Even if Andre's running that fast, that big boot is not enough to knock somebody down. And then there was another time where he got in the ring and he did the double clothesline. Again, not a believable move for small guys. The, the And by double clothesline, I mean like there's two guys here and each of your arms takes the other person out. Now that move works if you're a guy with big biceps and you know big bulging biceps and muscular arms like Hulk Hogan could do that The Ultimate Warrior could get away with that Uh, Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump he can get away with that because they had large arms they had large biceps Andre Chase does not have a physique So and that's why I have issues with modern wrestling is that a lot of these guys do moves just to do them but don't take into account believability because they have the mindset of well we all know it's a work so we don't have to try to suspend disbelief when in reality you should do that because it's a respect thing and I always compare it to the same thing it's like magicians if you go to see a magic show you know that those magic tricks are not real tricks if you're going to a magic show thinking magic is real and you're not a and you're not a child you're an idiot but you still want your disbelief suspended when you go there i don't want to suspend my disbelief you know what i want to do i want you to make me that's the job as a wrestler make me suspend my disbelief be so believable inside that ring that you take me out of the element of this is a work and i actually believe in what you're saying if you can do that then you have talent and it's like it's like and if you ever seen the movie the prestige Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman says that at the end of the movie, when he's having that confrontation with uh, Christian Bale at the end, he said, you never understood why we did this. He goes, everyone knows the tricks. Everyone knows it's an illusion. But if you can fool them for even a second, you have the audience in the palm of your hand. That's what you need to do. You need to create the doubt. You need to create the believability. So while I was happy to see Andre come back, certain moves he just should not be doing. And that's my only complaint about that. Other than that, love. Loved it. And I'm excited to see this tag match. It's obviously going to lead to a tag team match with Andre Chase and Duke Hudson against Gobble Gulag and Charlie Dempsey. Now, I'm hoping, because it's obviously not happening next week, so it's my hope and prayer that they save this to the Great American Bash. Make the confrontation happen at the Great American Bash. Because again, next week is the 4th of July. You need to build to the Great American Bash on July 30th. So the whole month of July should be building up to that pay-per-view and stacking that card as much as possible to get people to watch. And this is a good story to follow. So that's what I hope happens. Now, before we move on from this, I have to address the match itself because I haven't had a chance to. What I love the most about this was Thea Hale using something special that I like to call
0: psychology.
1: Yes, and you noticed it when you saw the match. You'll notice Thea Hale did one specific thing over and over and over and over again. Do you know what that was? What? She worked the left arm of Tiffany. Almost every move she did, attacked that arm. The commentators mentioning Tiffany Stratton favoring that arm. When she was going for the Kimura, she used that arm. When she would work the arm or get wrist control, she would use that arm. When she would attack certain movements, That would cause Tiffany's arm to get hurt She was working the left arm Why? Because she wanted to set her up for that Kimura And that's something that you notice a lot of wrestlers doing Is if you have a finisher that involves a certain body part You do whatever you have to do to weaken that body part Like if your finisher is an arm bar, no matter what moves you're going to do, you're going to try to transition to that arm. And you're going to try to work that arm and work that arm to get it weak enough so when you lock in that arm bar, they're going to tap because it's too much pain. Or if you have a a leg submission, like a a sharpshooter or a figure four, you're going to injure the leg. You're going to work the leg throughout the match so you can get it weak enough to slap the submission in and get your tap out. That is key. That's wrestling psychology. That is storytelling. Like you notice, she she got that Kimura in early. What did Tiffany do? do? She crawled to the roads, put her foot up there, and forced Thea to break the hold. Now, you think the crowd understood what she was doing? Mm. Yes, they did. Mm. They now understand, holy shit, she's trying to get that Kimura, and she's trying to set her up for that. So throughout the entire match, the crowd can follow what you're doing. And they didn't have to do any fancy tricks to do that. You, could, It's a story you could easily follow. That's how simple wrestling can be when you don't overcomplicate it with silly, stupid shit. Mm-hmm now there's an angle because now with that roll up by Stratton and that distraction as shitty as that finish was it gives Thea Hale a chance eventually at a rematch and if she's able to get that rematch she might be able to take the title from Tiffany Stratton because Thea Hale is over very over and I know Zach likes to call her the Chihuahua and she's definitely like a Chihuahua. She's definitely hyperactive. She's definitely nutty and crazy, but when the bell rings she can work. So that's what makes the gimmick awesome. That's why when you see silly gimmicks sometimes, if they can work in the ring, then the gimmick can work and it's very well done. So Thea has a shot at being a credible women's champion. Now now's not the right time for Tiffany to drop the bell. Great American Bash? Maybe. But even if Thea doesn't want the Great American Bash she could win it down the road. I see Thea Hale being a future champion, Mm -hmm. but Tiffany needs a strong heel run with that belt, and she's a very good heel, so she deserves to hold onto that belt as long as possible, and like I said, I think right now the main focus is going to be on Duke Hudson and Andre Chase taking on Gobble and Dempsey, and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. fuck my life. For the NXT Tag Team Titles, Gallus defends the titles against Malik Blade and Idris Hanofi.
2: No. 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 Nah. Can I do the gimmick? Do the gimmick. Was it bad? No, it was sad. <laughs> Hopefully it's the only time we have to do this thing. Yeah, this sucked right here. I was like, okay, I was like, we were both goofing on our phones. We get the at the screens, like, okay, can we get this done with, please? They went off too long. And all of a sudden, Stax comes out there, attacks one of those other tags. I don't know which one he attacked. And um, yeah. Then all of a sudden, he let Gallus wins. I thought he was gonna cost Gallus a tag team champion, but turns out he didn't. So yeah, no, this was pointless right here. These two did not deserve it. But at least Gallus retained and hopefully they'll drop them soon hopefully to be particular kind of a family
1: yeah and s- which was interesting because after stacks hit Anofi, you know, they look confused. Then he throws Anofi back in the ring. They hit their finish for the win. And that's about threw me off because it looks like in the, from this angle that he was running at Gallus and then they ducked and he hit Anofi by accident. So it looks like it's an accident. But then once he picked him up and threw him into the ring, you realize that wasn't an accident.
2: Uh-uh.
1: Stax planned to do that. Mm-hmm. He gives Gallus the win. Mm-hmm. So now we're trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Because, as we recall last week, he put Joe in the trunk and stuck him somewhere. God knows where he is now. And now he's helping Gallus retain? What the... So you're thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Now, obviously there's an explanation for this, but I don't want to jump ahead of the recap. But I was going to say here, it's confusing as fuck. And I enjoyed it, though, because even though I'm not a big fan of Gallus, Blade and Ophie do not deserve to be the fucking tag team champions. It, it would have not looked great if they had It would not make sense. That's what it is. They're a jobber tag team. They should not be winning. I'm sorry. They're not over. No, they're not. No one takes them seriously. Nope and they're there basically to do the jobs and enhance the other people. They're yep. enhancement talent. That's all they are. You sure? And then after that, we cut to the backstage area with the metaphor, which I'm not going to lie, I do love the play on words for this faction name. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good name. Not a big fan of the people in this faction except for Lash Legend, but it's funny, but apparently Lash and Jakara want to face Ronda and Shayna for the titles. <laughs> Now, for those of you who may not know, um, again, we have to have a little main roster talk here for just a moment. On the main roster, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, I believe it was last week on SmackDown, faced Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, and they unified the women's titles. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we were talking about is why would they draft the women's tag team champions, the NXT women's tag team champions, to the main roster? Turns out they were getting rid of the tag belts. They don't want to have NXT women's tag belts. Apparently, now, Ronda and Shayna are going to go to all three promotions with their belts. So they can go to Raw, they can go to SmackDown, and they can go to NXT with the belts, which is the way it should be anyway. We don't need more belts. Like, that's the thing. There's a lot of belts we need to fucking get rid of. That paper title, world title for one. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping someday that goes away. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've even said, the only time I would ever want to see Cody win that championship would be if he faces Roman at WrestleMania, they unify the belt and have one true champion and just put him on both shows, because I don't care what anybody says. There are not enough stars to have two separate champions on two separate brands. It don't fucking work. Nope. It ain't no good. Nope. So, Last Legend of Cara, you are not beating Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I swear to God, if they beat Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, I am, I cannot take this company seriously after that. Rhonda and Shayna are fucking badass psycho bitches. Jakara ain't about that life. Lash Legend, she shouldn't even be in a tag team. This bitch should be single star. Wasting her time in this goddamn faction. Very true.
2: Speaking of factions,
1: we move on to the schism family meeting. Ava Rain says she called this meeting to ease the tensions in the group. They need to fix this in the name of the family. God, everybody's using family nowadays. Mm. Who the fuck's writing this show? Vin Diesel? Uh, We got Joe Gacy tells the dyad to speak their mind. Reed says Gacy made them many promises, but they were winners before they joined Gacy. He hasn't changed their lives, but they enhanced his. Gacy says he has changed their lives. Reed specifically. Reed would have never been able to say what he just said since his partner never gave him a chance to have a voice. Gacy goes off and says they are both better than they were. The Creed brothers and Ivy Nile interrupt. Brutus tells them to shut up. Julius tells them to hurry up and implode so they can get out of the ring. Gacy offers the Creed the tag match with Diane, but this time, it's loser leaves NXT. Fowler and Reed look at Gacy like he's insane, and Julius accepts the challenge.
2: I like this right here. I was waiting for uh, for those two to attack Gacy and a- and Avery Rain take over. Like I said, this happens. It's gonna be the what, what happened? What did I say last week, Avery? he she's gonna pull a daddy. Yeah. yeah. So she could take over like he did. Yeah. With the nation, and it's like if I'm right about this, I mean, you know, if you're right, I'll let you have it. I was, I was like, damn right, I'm gonna take it. But then it's all of a sudden, they want to go the well. Whoever, lo- whoever loses has to leave. I was like, she gives it's not losers to the Creed. Brothers. I love the Creed brothers, but you never know with the Crappy ass writing they've been doing lately, or they might pull one out of their ass. I don't know, but we'll see what happens next week. Well, here's the thing though obviously, if the dyad leaves, then
1: your theory goes out the window because Ava can't be the leader of the schism if there is no schism. True, because that's two main members gone. Now, the question is this if the schism was to win, what would happen to the Creed brothers? Are we gonna call them up? Are they going to Raw and SmackDown? Is that the case? Because that's something I would like to know. Because don't get me wrong, I love the Creed Brothers. I don't know if they're quite ready for the main roster yet. But at the same time, one thing the main roster is seriously lacking is tag teams. So I would be perfectly okay with them going up if they're going to be a solid tag team that will be taken seriously on the roster. And Ivy Nile can also be helpful because she can add something to the women's division of whatever uh, show the Creed brothers go to. Because that's the big thing, the tricky thing about NXT because usually they call people up, but they've also been involved in the draft, and I'm going to get to that in a minute because there's still some fuckery going on with that. But the thing is, what would the future bring for either team? How, what, where would you go from here? And if the Dyad leaves, the only way I would be okay with that is if for two things have to happen. For me to be okay with the Dyad losing this match. Number one, they go in the main roster. Number two, they go back to being the grizzled young veterans. Because that's who they were before they joined this group. Which means you have to give them a little bit of time off of TV and basically give them time to grow their facial hair back. Get the the hair going, get the facial hair and all that. Get something looking good. And then go back to being the grizzled
2: young. Veterans. And they were awesome. They were awesome. They
1: were insanely over. They got fucked over too many times. Yeah, I mean, they were deserving of tag team gold. In fact, I believe, if my memory's under correctly, they did have some tag team gold. They were the first ever NXT UK tag team champions. There you go. They won they were the first ever champs. They then won they also were tag team champions in Progress Wrestling, which is an indie company they were in. Uh they won the King of Chaos Championship, or actually Drake did, but These guys were an amazing tag team, are an amazing tag team. And I'm looking at the thing. So yeah, they wouldn't have to change much. All they got to do is grow back their facial hair a little bit. And they can go back to being the grizzled young veterans. And I think that would be a great change for them if they're going to leave the dyad. Let them be the guys they were before. Because that's a good gimmick that they have. And it, it, they can do wonders with that. But that only works if they're going to leave the schism. And if you're going to break up the schism, what do Gacy and Ava do? Do they go their separate ways? Or do they try to find a new tag team and rebuild the faction? Something I don't know what the two of them are going to do. And then we cut to Rhea Ripley uh, confronting Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And basically telling them to stay out of the Judgment Day business. And that if they continue to get involved, the judgment day will come after them. Yeah. And now in the
2: part when Rhea Ripley walked up And Trick was like, hello Rhea Ripley I'm like, i would be the same way But otherwise now she's giving him a warning Stay out of her way We'll stay out of your way But we'll see what happens though All I have to say is she's just giving him a warning I'm just a messenger Even though she keeps on getting involved with fucking matches But that's just me Yeah, that's an ongoing issue Um, But here's the thing mm.
1: This also revolves around the fact that Monday night on Raw Carmelo Hayes went one-on-one against Finn Balor on Raw Now, of course, Finn Balor went over, which is to be expected because this Saturday at Money in the Bank, he's going into a world heavyweight title match with Seth Rollins, which is going to be the match seven years in the making, even though it would be seven years in the making if it was at SummerSlam, but they're still trying to book it as that. Now, my issue is this. Again, this pertains to the fucking draft and why I still believe, even though Desmond tries to convince me otherwise, that the draft was a fucking waste of time. What is the point in having a draft if people can still go back and forth to each brand and you can still have people just pop up out of nowhere? The whole purpose of the brand is stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. That's the whole fucking point of this. So why are we bringing people to other shows? I'll tell you why. Because they don't have the star power to keep the brand separate. It's not strong enough. Cause there's no other reason to keep bringing people in and popping them in and out. Now it's one thing you got like an undisputed tag team champions that can go everywhere. Although I still find it weird the undisputed WWE Universal Champion can't go wherever he wants. Like everybody, like you got free agents that can bounce around that no one fucking cares about. But your tribal chief, your head of the table, has to stay on one fucking show. It's stupid. It's retarded.
2: Stupid, 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 stupid.
1: Fucking ludicrous. And we're goddamn ridiculous. And yeah. there's still continuing to do this. So what is the point? The draft is fucking meaningless. If you can just throw random people on a show because you don't have enough star power to keep the brand separate. You don't. You don't. It continue, and I'm continuing to be proven right.
2: Yes, you are. I'm set right. Not all, all the time, but everyone uh, occasionally he is.
1: And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We Ugh. have the Heritage Cup match. Don't make it no fun. Nathan Fraser with Ulisa Leon. Versus Dragon Lee with Valentina Faraz. No.
2: This was not that bad. It was the spot fest from hell. You of all people don't like these two. But you say it was mm, okay. Kind of like what Sheldon said to Leonard. And you thought that the Phantom the Minister was not that half bad. Just saying. But this right here was boring as shit. Too many spot people. They couldn't stay off the top rope. So no. I did not enjoy this. I completely was looking on Facebook and emails telling me how broke I am. But that's okay. Minnie, take this one away. Because I do not like this match. And I do give two fillers fuck about this country. Up. Interesting fact, being broke comes from
1: the Latin not having money.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I to this one out real quick there folks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, man, I didn't enjoy this. Apparently, you did. Go ahead, take it away. Benny. No, I just said
1: it wasn't bad. I didn't say I enjoyed it. I mean, it was kind of just, like, there, but I didn't hate it as much as I would normally do. Except, of course, for Axiom showing up and scripts showing up, and it's just, like, this is goddamn ridiculous. But some of the, like, Fraser getting the quick three count, I thought was good, um, you know. And other than that, though, it was just kind of the same thing. But it wasn't, like, horrible.
2: It was just there. It was filler. Oh, filler. It was filler. You know what the one thing about I love about Nathan Fraser? i say ahead. this once I'll say it again it's the theme song. it theme song is pretty fucking kick-ass. Now let's do it a couple of times on my headphones at work. I mean, it's a, it makes you wonder. Like i like I'm watching this during one. Like, beep deep, beep. beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Dragon League too, he changed his senior song, which I did not like. But otherwise than that, no. When it's interesting, is he supposed to be a butterfly or a moth? Oh uh, who knows. So
1: anyway, um we now cut to uh Gable Stevenson, who is training Eddie Thorpe and basically putting him through the ringer to get him ready and trained for and for the underground, which is basically, as we mentioned before, raw underground. He's basically having like a MMA fight style match with uh Damon Kemp. So Gable's basically rolling him around and basically teaching him basic wrestling skills as well because as we all know Gable Stevenson is an Olympic gold medalist he is the second freestyle wrestling Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle of course being the first Mm -hmm. and obviously Gable Stevenson at some point is supposed to be getting in the ring and actually having a WWE debut but right now he's trying to train for the 2024 Olympics apparently he wants to go back to the Olympics and try to win one more time. So if he is successful, then after his success he will get into WWE and actually start wrestling. Or if he fails, then I guess they'll bring him in as well. So then we cut to the backstage area with Mustafa Ali, Tyler Bate, and... Wesley, the champion, and apparently they're pissed off about um, the way Mustafa Ali was refereeing last week, but he did make valid points. Like, you did fast counts on both of you. It's like, then you did slow counts uh, for both, the both, both of, of you. you. So <laughs> technically, he wasn't cheating. He did call it right down the middle, because that would imply that he was favoring one person, and he didn't. No, he didn't. So now, he wants to have a match with Tyler Bate. Mm-hmm. To see who's gonna face Wesley. Cause I think Tyler Bates claiming he deserves another shot because of Mustafa Ali's shitty referee. Mustafa Ali believes Tyler's had his shot and Mustafa Ali should be next in line. So next week they're gonna have a match and we're gonna see how it goes. And Wesley's basically like, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I'm just gonna grab my I'm gonna grab my belt I'm gonna walk out of here. Uh, y'all motherfuckers settle this. I don't care who I fight. Peace out. Eight town down. Exactly. <laughs> like I could care less. I'll just you decide who's gonna fight me and I'll see you in the ring and blah blah blah. Blah blah. But I will say this. I hope this leads to Mustafa Ali becoming North American champion. That's all I'm gonna say. Whether it happens on NXT or it happens at the Great American Bash, preferably the Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good time to crown a new uh, North American champion. And I think Mustafa. Ali Ali should be the champion, because even though I am not the biggest Mustafa Ali fan in the world, uh, at least he has star power, which the other two do not, so I can go with that. And then we cut to another section of the backstage area where we see Mr. Stone looking for Von Wagner. When he finds him, Wagner refuses to go with Stone. Wagner rants about the pain and suffering his family went through when he was sick. It is too much, and Wagner storms off. Just having bad
2: memories come back to him, that's all. What Wagner needs to do is get back in the ring. Okay, um, I'm getting kind of sick of this fucking storyline already. Yeah. I mean, they had the
1: breakthrough with the therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, Wagner opened up, talked to Mr. Stone. They also had the hot chick scene, which was great. But now they're regressing back. And this story's getting ridiculous. It's like, you don't understand. You don't understand. Yeah, because you're not explaining it, stupid. That's why I hate people who say shit like that. Mm. Like, you don't get it. Yeah, because you're not explaining it, you fucking idiot. Tell me, explain it to me so I can understand it instead of just sitting there going, you understand. You can't understand. You can't fully understand. I can't understand what that you had through some childlike pain, that your parents went through some shit. Join the fucking club. There's a lot of people who go through pain and suffering. Mm. There's a lot of people who have family issues. Mm -hmm. So unless you got a story to tell, is it really different than what anybody else is going through? Nope. And you got somebody who cares enough to go, what's the problem? Because there are some people who don't want to know what the problem is and just want to tell you to suck it up, buttercup. Which in some cases you should say that, but there's also times where you shouldn't say that. There's a time and a place. Clearly he's been through some shit. We learned a little bit about it. So, keep telling the fucking story. What are you waiting for? What are you dragging this out till? Von Wagner's not in any storylines, so you're not building anything to the Great American Bash. So how about if you're going to put him on TV, fucking finish the story. Mm -hmm. Keep dragging it out. Mm -hmm. Let me hear more. Mm Let Mr. Stone be like, oh my god, let that be something that bonds them together. What are you dragging this out for? There's no reason. You're either too fucking lazy to write something, or you just don't care. Or both. Either way, change it or get it the fuck off the TV. Get
2: the fuck off my TV.
1: All right. Well, technically it was my TV. But on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the
2: evening. We got Gigi Dolan one-on-one against Kiana James. This is okay. Yeah. Yeah, I it was great. the shit out of this. She's too fine. Of ladies beat the shit out of each other. But then uh, uh GD Dolan got a movie, Hoffa teacher got a lot of moves in. These two ladies went to town, it wasn't spot monkey. They stayed off the top rope. gd Dolan wins. After that, Keanu James attacks her and dumps her with paint, which I did not understand. benny did you? No. And <laughs> what's would they do with the the one was blue the other was
1: orange what's the fucking what why would you choose those colors would be my you question you really
2: really want to know what my opinion is because it's really stupid go ahead it's the florida gators colors just saying <laughs> okay well has Gigi mentioned that she's a florida gators fan i think she's actually from florida some part so maybe she is a gator fan i'm sorry for her priscilla kelly's from florida what i is something here okay hold on Yeah, I'm looking this shit up because this this
1: doesn't make sense. Uh I don't recall her being from Florida. Uh, Douglasville, Georgia. Never mind. Yeah,
2: she was born... Yeah, she's from Georgia. Yeah, she's a Georgia girl. Whoops. She's from Atlanta, Georgia or Moon Creek, Georgia. Darby Allen, you're a fucking idiot. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. She was signed to the NXT brand. She worked for
2: MLW.
1: Um, she was in Shine Wrestling. She's a former Shine Nova champion. Priscilla Kelly is her birth name. Like I said, she's been a phenomenal, phenomenal worker. Uh-huh. And she's a two time NXT tag team with JC Jane, but we already know that. So, and she was ranked 38 of the top 100 females in the PWI Women's 100 in 2020. So. She's gotten around, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. In a good way. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, so now everything's cool, and she's in a relationship now with uh, Zachary Wenz, who is Green. Nash Carter. I don't. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that's the other half of MSK. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the guy who's racist. Uh, yeah, because he did the uh, he had the photo with the Nazi salute with the mustache similar to Hitler, and he was dating Kimberly, and Lee made allegations that Green was domestically was. Was assaulting her. Surely had these allegations. Oh, yeah. So, apparently, he was also accused of domestic violence, but nothing came from that or was proven from that. But, yeah. He was he was probably one half of MSK, so she's now dating him. That's
2: weird, but all right. She goes from one spot muggy to the next. I guess she likes a d- d- different type of guys slash wrestlers.
1: <laughs> well, women do like guys who are acrobatic. That is true. Now, you know. Good the question p- is, why? I don't know. Girls like stamina in the bedroom
2: <laughs> That's really what it is
1: I guess so Girls like stamina in the bedroom They don't They don't want guys that get hey, wicked
2: Daniel Bryan man, Married to Bree Bella and Has two kids Golf clock for Danny Bryan Please Mr. Yeah How the fuck did he pull that off Uh
1: Easy Bree Bella is a fucking weird Just as weird as he is easy. I'll
2: never forget him My wife packs a sweet punk Don't she I was like I love her I love him so much Oh uh, yeah Alright go ahead Do your thing man But yeah so Overall, like I said, this was a fantastic
1: yeah. match. I the, thought it was very well
2: done. The but, paint just didn't make sense.
1: It just didn't make sense. Like, why? What's the point of the paint? Why those colors? That's the only logic. Is it doesn't make sense.
2: The only logic I see, I uh, know I'm coming back to the Gators again. Maybe Keanu James is a Gator, secret Gator fan doing this to a fellow Georgia fan. I don't know. Jeez, you in college football. Fuck off, Freddie Boo. She is welcome to Georgia. Yeah. No, I'm from Iowa. Never mind. Yeah, she, she, she just picked. A... I guess she randomly she, picked, she, those picked she randomly picked those colors. <laughs> None of this shit makes any
1: fucking sense. We're trying to make sense out of this shit, and we can't. We just no, fucking we can't. can't. We cannot make sense out of any of this bullshit. bullshit. Then we cut to... Oh, shit. We see uh, the Don, who has uh, been in jail. And apparently, um, we see something interesting here, where we see Joe Coffey talking to the Don, Tony D'Angelo, in the cell. And apparently, there's a an issue where Joe is basically letting Tony D know that Stax is planning something with the Gallus boys he said, lay low for a week. I'm done being the underboss. There's a new Don on the streets. We'll be in touch. And Tony's now hearing that, and he's shocked because he thought Stax was family. But now he realizes Stax is planning something against Tony D. And now Joe Coffey just gave him that shocking news. So now Tony D's trying to process, I can't believe Stax would turn on me like this.
2: Hmm. I want to say that I saw this come from my way. Now they're finally going somewhere with this. Hopefully stacks not true. You don't end up, uh, up in a truck on the bottom of the ocean with the fishes. So apparently somebody's not going to be too happy with this. I mean, I just want to say I saw this coming. But like with most Italians, you guys can't seem to trust each other at all. No. Always have problems in the ranks. Apparently there's a mutiny on the pirate ship. Okay, well, first of all, let me fucking clarify something
1: here. What fucking pirate ship are you talking about? <laughs> the do Black I look, Pearl. Do I look, I'm sorry, do I look like Captain Jack Sparrow to you? No,
2: that, you're do not, I wear you're not fu- cool enough.
1: Do I have a fucking eye patch? Do I have a fucking wooden leg? you see a fucking parrot on my It'll be, it'll be my a great, shoulder. It will be
2: great, great, great thing for you to change your appearance every once in a while. Hey, my appearance is just fucking fine, especially... Are you I'm- sure? The orange looks so, so horrible on you. Don't even go there. I just know exactly how you feel. All right,
1: looky here. 4587. I don't fucking wear a goddamn jumpsuit because I like it. I'm forced to wear this fucking thing. All right? I think
2: the orange looks pretty
1: good on you. Just saying. Orange looks fucking ridiculous. About the ridiculous as the cherry top on your head. That's what the fuck it is. Uh. Jesus Christ. At least like I get to go
2: home and sleep in a real bed, eat real food, not the bullshit and state stuff. Oh, and please. Don't you,
1: you don't think I listen to this show? You eating fucking ramen noodles every goddamn day. These people giving money to fund your ramen noodles because apparently the dishes ain't paying, ain't paying enough to get your food. What the (laughs) fuck over here? And I'm right now trying to process what the fuck just happened to me. After everything I did for that motherfucker. And now I find out he wants to take the Don spot. Well, he's about to find out what happens when you take sides against the
2: family. What are you talking about? I never took sides against the family.
1: First of all, I wasn't talking about you, Cherry Top. You can't take sides against the family. You ain't in
2: the fucking family. Because I know better. And I didn't ask you to be in the fucking family. Well, I'm here now talking to you, wasting my fucking time.
1: Hey, I'm sorry. I'm taking time away from you going, yeah, uh uh-huh, moving on. I'm sorry. I'm taking time away from that. Yeah, I got precious things to do. Like not doing your fucking job? What are you, a Democrat? The fuck is this shit over here? Anyway, (laughs) let me make this clear. I ain't going to be in here forever, but I'm going to tell you this. I'll tell you this. If it turns out Stax is doing something behind my back, if this whole thing is true, trust me when I tell you he's fucking dead, okay? He'll be sharing a fucking cement fucking grave with two dimes. I'll put him right next to that motherfucker. And Jimmy Hoffa? I can't put him next to Jimmy Hoffa. We don't know where the fuck he is. You sure about that? I, yeah. Motherfucker, I had nothing to do with goddamn Jimmy Hoffa. I wasn't even alive when Jimmy Hoffa was fucking killed,
2: alright? You guys really do not know, do you? Mm. We okay. don't
1: fucking know, alright? Oh, I don't know. Watch the fucking Irishman. They seem to know more about this shit than we do. Mm. Apparently, they shot him and then cremated. We did the not. We body. had nothing to do with
2: that. I think it was a government. The
1: name of the movie was literally called The Irishman. You fucking leprechaun Irish by Lucky Charms. Yeah, only you would think about fucking cereal at a time like this. Fucking broke people anyway. Uh-huh. So, that's all I had to say. Stax is a fucking dead man if he's behind all this. I don't know if I fully trust Gallus, but I can't believe fucking Stax would turn on me like this. Trust me, there will be repercussions. You don't cross the Don. All right, well, he sounds pissed, and uh you... Damn, y'all were hostile today, Zach. What is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, you are fucking moody tonight. Anyway, we get to the backstage area with JC Jane, who's talking trash about Lyra Valkyra. Valkyra walks up behind Jane, listens in. Valkyra decks Jane as Jane is holding her jaw. Ripley walks in and chuckles. Ripley tells Jane that she had that coming, and Valkyra's a badass. Why did this happen? What's this supposed to be here? Do you care? I don't. I think this was stupid. They're, they're trying to drag this out again. This is another incident oh, with Lyra Valkyra and J.C. Jane. This is obviously a feud they want to build. And I like I said, this is something they need to build to the Great American Bash. Yeah, that's true. That is key. For the Great American Bash, this needs to happen. Yes. Because, again, you got to build something for your pay-per-view. Because there's a lot of great matches that are happening lately. The problem is they're all happening on free TV. So there's nowhere else to take them. So what I would like to see is something get built to the pay-per-view. So that way, when the Great American Bash rolls around right. on July 30th, we got something to
2: watch. And that, folks, is a day after my 37th birthday, which fucking reminds me I'm three years away from fucking 40. Yeah, three years don't, away from 40. Go ahead, it that one.
1: Ah. Uh, <laughs> He's getting old. getting old. Yeah. And we're going to move on now to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defends his title against the Lone
2: Wolf, Baron Corbin. Thank you, Jesus. He came out to this old theme song because when he was coming out to that other theme song, that was like one word. No. part But this match right here, Vinny, you agree with me, was a dried out fucking brawl. Problem was at the beginning of uh you can tell see the comparison that Barry Carmen's bigger than Carmelo, But didn't you notice that uh bear? Carmen was Pretty much 85-9% of the match was uh, dominated by him, was I not? Am I right that he was controlling this match offensively and defensively too? Yes. This is the side of Baron Corbin we have not seen
1: since the last time he was in NXT. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? wrestling full-time, like in NXT. He brought back the Lone Wolf gimmick. He had the Lone Wolf violence. This is Baron Corbin the way he should have been booked from day one on the main roster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead, they booked him like shit now granted the fans did have a little bit of a role to play with it because they did turn on him fast because they used to love the fact that he was squashing people but after a while they get sick of squash matches and because for some reason i have this before fans have been manipulated into thinking that a match has to be 15, 20 minutes long in order to be considered great or to be considered a classic. And that's not always the case. You can have short matches that go very well. It just depends on how you structure it and not be obsessed with having to get all your shit in like most wrestlers are today. Mm-hmm. So,
2: but these guys had a great match. Oh, Baron Corbin nice. fucking killed Carmelo Hayes throughout this entire match. And, and for a second, you thought it was done with a deep six. That was a really long deep six. I never seen him twirl that much. And boom, but like, that's over with. And, and, yep, this is done. We're done. Nope. So Vinny, I want you to say something. I was right. Say it. You were right about what? About uh, Carmela Hayes kicking out of the Deep Six. Yeah, you are right about
1: him kicking out of the Deep Six. Is this something you want to flex about today? Yeah, I was right. I, I don't know rock. Why. That's all I have to say. Yeah. No, I said that the Deep Six has put people down. It shouldn't. That is not a move that people should be getting pinned to is the deep six. And he missed the end of days, which I like that because to my knowledge, I think only one or two people have ever kicked out of the end of days. Now, I do, I can't remember off the top of my head who they were, but I know the end of days is a, is one of those few moves in wrestling that when it puts somebody down, it puts them down. <laughs> Cuz not a lot of finishers do that anymore
2: no they don't
1: now it's okay every now and then to have in a big match that somebody maybe kick out once but you save that for like major moments the best example of that was the rock and austin because up until their match at wrestlemania 15 nobody ever kicked out of the stone cold stunner Mm -hmm. and nobody ever kicked out of the rock bottom every time austin and rock hit those moves the match was over and they won but then at wrestlemania 15 The Rock was the one who pitched the idea to Austin because they went out to dinner at a restaurant. It was like, but it was like one of those places where they got a private room where nobody could bother them. And they went over the match and The Rock pitched the idea of, I think I should kick out of the Stone Cold Stunner and I think you should kick out of the rock bottom. And Austin loved the idea because it made them two tough guys. So in the end, you know, The Rock could say it took not one, but two stunners to beat me, that's true, and back then it was a big deal because usually it took one, yep. you know. It's kind of like it's like at WrestleMania this past WrestleMania when you know when Sami Zayn kicked out of the 1D, nobody ever kicked out of that move up until that point. That's why Michael Cole went freaking crazy to the point where they made a TikTok reel out of it, and you know that's what made it epic. So he missed the end of days, Carmelo didn't kick out of that, and he shouldn't have. If Barry Gordon hit the end of days, it should be the end of the match. But the beating Carmelo took, yeah, right? he took a pretty big
2: vicious
1: cemented him as a top guy because uh-huh. he was able to win now the big question here is this mm. is this going to lead to a rematch and will Baron Corbin take the title then because I don't know what else you can do with Baron Corbin now he just lost the NXT title. Who's he gonna wrestle next? Is he gonna stay in NXT? He should. I don't want him to go back to the main roster yet, cause I'm worried if he goes back to the main roster, they're gonna put him. They're gonna make him go back to doing the the Happy Corbin shit, right? and they have that little casino ching money thing that he shouldn't have as an entrance theme. This is the best version of Baron Corbin, and I feel like they need to use this as an opportunity to get Baron Corbin a fucking resurgence. That's why I want to see him as the NXT champion. And I want him to fucking dominate and run rough shot all over the division. And then when he finally drops that title to someone who's credible, then you can call him up and have him stay the lone wolf and make money with that. Because mm-hmm. that has to be the key thing. With gimmicks, with matches, with everything. Does this make money? Mm-hmm. Does it make the PayPal? Yeah. And I, like I said, that's the, that's how you can spot in the wrestling business the difference between a wrestler and a mark. hmm Here's the difference. What's the difference? A mark will look at another wrestler and say, I can have a great match with him. A wrestler will look at another wrestler and say, I can make money with him because that's the name of the game. Every time, like Hogan, would pick an opponent for a big match, the reason he would pick that person to work with is because with him, we can make money. I can make money with this guy. This is a a match that will make people want to see it. Or I'll use another example. Macho Man and Jake Roberts, when they had the whole thing about the snake biting his arm. Part of the reason Randy agreed to it was because, A, Jake had to have the snake bite him first in the locker room because he didn't trust it. But also, he said, you know, after you, after the snake bites me, after you get him off me, bring him back because I may want you to hook it in again. He didn't because mm-hmm. of how bad that snake bit him the first time. But he said, bring him back. I may want you to hook it in again because I want to make sure this angle works to make us some big fucking money. That was how wrestlers thought. How can we make money with this? Because if our match makes money, it's the main event. If this angle works, it's going to draw. Because more money for the company at that time meant more money for the talent. And it meant you moved up the card because people were paying to see you. Those are key things. Yes, it is. And with the lone wolf gimmick, Baron Corbin can make money. He couldn't make money with those other gimmicks. They were all trash. All of them. Homeless Corbin, happy Corbin, random-ass Corbin, bum-ass Corbin. Like, none of those made money. Dipshit Corbin. Yeah, none of those made money. None. The second he dropped the Lone Wolf gimmick, he was done. Done. He was dead and done. 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 Now, you got a chance to revitalize this career, resurrect it, make some money, and put him in a top spot. Because he showed he could be a main event player. Yes, sir. This is, this is an opportunity to really make some money with him. And I yes. hope that they don't waste it. Yes. And then we cut to the backstage area where we see Braun Breaker storming out of Shawn Michaels' office. Basically saying, you can't control me. You can't do this to me. I've beaten everybody. There's nobody left. Mm -hmm. And then he storms out of the office and basically tells everybody, we'll find out next week.
2: It has to push the poor camera guy out of the way, too. What did he ever do to you, Mr. Braun Breaker? He got in his business, and that was
1: enough for him. Okay. You don't you don't bother wrestlers. They're hostile maniacs, especially one who is the son of Rick Steiner and the nephew of Scott Steiner. Why would you piss that person off?
2: That's a very good question. I don't know. I never would. have like, sorry, sir, please don't hurt me. Okay. We'll see what happens with braun Breaker next week. He needs to go to the main roster. I'm tired of him being in NXT. Anyway, Jenny, take it away. I'm willing to bet
1: that's what they're doing. They're probably trying to keep him in NXT, and Braun doesn't want to stay. Or Braun doesn't want to play by Shawn's rules. Like, there's literally nobody left. And he's right. Braun Breaker has run through fucking everybody. He should have been called up during the draft. He does not need to be in NXT anymore. There's nothing left. Nothing. It makes no sense for him to go for the North American title. He doesn't have a partner, so he can't go for the tag belts. It makes no fucking sense. Unless they want to do something where we're going to do put him with baron corbin at great american bash i don't know what the fuck else you can do with him nope it's time to call him up mm-hmm. it's time for him to go he's got the perfect gimmick right now he's great as a heel he's got this badass mentality he's ready you could put him on raw and have him do good over there i wouldn't put him on smackdown because as long as roman is still the champion smackdown doesn't have much of a feature for you Raw does. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about that. I think this is where we need to keep things for now. You sure? And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time. I basically join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Yes, sir. All right. Make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite (laughs) hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be on the lookout for the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment dropping this week as uh, myself, the Wends, and Desmond Dagenhart will be Giving our predictions for money in the bank this Saturday. That prediction will be on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Give his tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel, check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified of future content will be posted. Uh this past Thursday, last week, we dropped finally the rise of Rush Limbaugh is up there right now. Uh, this coming Thursday will be Y2K paranoia will destroy you and next week will be the morning show wars so we finally have dark side of the 90s completely done now, of course, we got some other Dark Side videos coming soon once we get those filmed and worked on, and i will finally begin to work on them now that Dark Side of the 90s is complete. Uh, we got a few uh, surprises up our sleeves, so stay tuned. Also, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash bootscast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. Make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And, of course, it looks like we will be holding it at El Casa de Dolinsky. So I got a chance to look at the setup when I was there for Forbidden Door and I like the way he's got it set up. It's going to be a good one. So uh, join
2: us for SummerSlam. Hopefully I don't pass out.
1: Yes. Uh, that's probably because we're hoping Zach will not be
2: drinking. We I can't hope. promise anything.
1: We're hoping. Fingers crossed. And of course we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast Booking Battle. Another special project in the works. And of course you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.com Spotify.com slash pod slash show slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the BootsCast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels we can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level which is 99 cents $1 per month. We have our second level which is $4.99 $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at Which is for a mere nine ninety nine. $10 $10 per month. The same amount of money I used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the guy, you gotta to put that $9.99. dollars 99 bring it over here. We got better content than Network. And unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans, are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option to pay with your credit card or with GPAY. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air off the air to make the Bootscast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host, I believe they'll be paid for their hard work. Podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Bootscast slash supports is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when that's all said and done, we use the recipe Zachariah Scott here, his ramen noodles, and we try to get him laid, which we see some improvements, especially now that he got rid of the homeless-looking goatee. And until next time, this is Mini Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then,
0: pizza, pizza baby! baby.